Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Derek Taylor talks to Dalton Schoen one-on-one, the Blue Bomber receiver who is very good at football. Also, we'll chat with Winnipeg Gold Eyes GM Andrew Collier because their home opener is here Friday night at Shaw Park. That's all coming up on the podcast. Well, we're beginning the show as we've begun pretty much all our shows the last couple of weeks and we'll continue to for the next number of weeks and that's the blue bombers and there's no doubt who the biggest breakout star of the 2022 football season was and it was dalton show we started getting used to who he was in training camp all right there's this wide receiver that's looking solid at camp but let's face it the team brought in greg ellingson Still had Nick Dembski, Rashid Bailey, Drew Wolitarski, the list goes on, of really solid players. First game, five catches, 69 yards. Okay. Week two, two catches, 58 yards, a touchdown. Well, I got a touchdown. That's nice. Week three, one catch, 16. We're not really paying that much attention to Dalton Schoen. And then week four, he has five catches for 73. But he bursts on the scene with eight catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns against BC in week five. Two weeks later, 146 yards. Then he goes on a streak where he has a touchdown in all, pretty much every game. And he ends up with 16. 16! And for a rookie. Led the CFL in receiving yards with 1,441. It is rookie year. And now... He's back. We thought those are good numbers that are going to land him in the NFL. But the 26-year-old from Overland Park, Kansas, is back. He'd rather not have been. We know that. He wanted to make it in the NFL. This does not mean he won't ever get his chance in the NFL. But Bombers fans, while they're bummed for their guy, they're secretly happy too because he's back here again. And he gets to chat with Derek Taylor earlier today. Now that you're back, I'm curious to know how your uh, how your winter was, how the, how your NFL experience was. It was good, you know. Obviously, um, as a competitor in this game, you want to play at the highest level, and so to get an opportunity down there would have been great. You know, that's that's everyone's dream, um, and so naturally, there's going to be a little bit of disappointment when that you do all those workouts and nothing really comes from it. But you know, at the same time, it was a it was a cool experience, you know, to get flown all over the country and meet all these different teams and all these different coaches and, you know, work out for them. It, it was an honor. How many were there? Um, there was going to be six. I think I actually ended up doing five. Had a f- logistics issue with one with the whole Southwest debacle. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, ended up going to uh, Vegas, Minnesota, Arizona, the Bengals and the Giants, and then was supposed to go to the Broncos, but that didn't really work out. So, yep, five of them. Are there consistent themes with all the workouts, or are they all different depending on the team? They're all the same but different. It's, it's like they all kind of have similar, you know, aspects. You know, they fly you there the day before and you'll go through the full uh, medical process, uh, usually the morning before the workout, um, and then do the workout on the field. And then there's other things that differ in terms of, like, what you actually do on the field or, you know, some of the teams had you meet with the scouts and stuff like that, which, you know, something I enjoy so you can kind of get to know them off the field and they can kind of see the type of player you are and the way you think and the way you see defenses and stuff like that. And so they're all follow the same path, but, you know, vary here and there. I've heard a variety of stories over the years. Guys will say, well, I didn't, there's, they're not very long, so I didn't get much of a chance to show this or that, or it was only this. Do you feel like you got a chance to express this is who I am as a football player? You know, it's definitely tough because uh, they're not very long. You know, it, it probably varies from 10 to 
maybe at most 20 minutes, you know, depending on how many other guys are there with you, too. You know, one of them had 10 minutes, like literally 10 minutes. In terms of the actual, like, we're, these are the routes we're doing, yeah, probably. Okay. Now, there's a lot more that goes into that, obviously. Like I said, you do the full physical, which can take three or four hours in the morning, which is really annoying to deal with. Um, and then, you know, you go through your whole own warm-up process. You probably go to the field and you warm up for another 15, 30 minutes, you know, you're catching with the quarterbacks and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, actual, hey, these are the routes you're running, depending on how many guys there are. Now, one of them had, like, five other receivers, so that one's naturally going to be a little longer, more time in between routes. But other than that, you know, if it's just you and maybe one other receiver or no other receivers, it goes quick. I can only imagine when you're approaching the fifth three-hour physical to get this wrenched and that twisted. I can only imagine that's, oh, man. Yeah, you know, I kept joking with it, being like, is there, is there something you guys can figure out where we can just do one physical and share it with everybody? Um, but that's just how they operate. You know, they want to do everything their way, and they want to have their doctors check you out and all of that. And, you know, I'm sure there is a better way, but they're just they're set in their, their, their ways. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of is what it is, and you got, you got to kind of just deal with it. The, the annoying part is, too, when you do I had a couple that were back-to-back days. Like, I was in Minneapolis did the workout and then flying to Arizona my flight gets delayed you get into Arizona late and then you got physical again all morning workout and so it could de- it was definitely a little bit draining and you know it's hard to it's hard to be in game shape like that when you're coming off of a seven-month season and so it, it was definitely a lot but you know like I said it, it was a good experience the feedback was all really really positive and so that's why you know we were a little frustrated that no signing came from it but you know at the end of the day I I can't control how they're going to evaluate me, and I don't really know what goes into that process, whether it was you know, what I did last year in the CFL versus a 10-minute workout on the field. You know, it's, it's hard to really really gauge what they're thinking. You mentioned feedback. Did you get something that you went, oh, that's actually actionable. I can incorporate that as I go through this year. Was there anything like that? No, it's crazy because you, know, you go through it, and the initial feedback is, oh, we, you look great, your routes look great, all this stuff, but we're not going to sign you. And then you say, well, why is that? And they're saying, well you kind of like this, this, and this, but it's a very vague answer. You know, you can tell that I don't know what they're seeing or what their really real reason is for not letting you go because then you say, like, well, what do you mean by that? They they don't ever really have a real answer. And so, you know, in terms of how I felt the workouts went and how I thought I looked, you know, I I thought everything was on point. Um, And so it was just a lot of vague answers of, oh, it's, it's a numbers thing and stuff like that. But that's just how it goes with them. What's the feeling knowing that, six teams at least wanted to look at you if not wanted you like they they wanted to they wanted a piece of you yeah it's flattering i feel like it is flattering and, and it also you know you can tell it differs a little bit from organization to organization in terms of how much they want you you know that's something we were trying to gauge through the process too of like hey pay attention to how they treat you um and some teams you know they're pulling out all the stops they're flying you first class they're putting you in a nice hotel. They're giving you per diem, or they're giving you, you know, the, a great treatment, and they're they're they know your name. You go in the building, everyone's like talking to you and stuff like that. Versus other teams, it's like you can just tell you're another one of the guys that they're bringing in to work out. Okay. Someone's got to check the box, stuff like that. Now, that was something that was important to me because I was like, if I do get an opportunity down here, you definitely want to be in a situation where you're going where you can tell that they really want you. Don't just want to show up and be a camp body or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We we kind of evaluate that. What kind of NFL opportunity did this guy get? Did he get six six figures up front? Okay, they're serious. Did he get five grand? Well, he may be back in the uh, CFL. Uh, overall, do you feel like it was positive? Would you would you do it again? Will you boycott it forever? What's your feeling about the whole thing? You know that I will say overall, it was a very positive experience. Like I said, it's it's pretty cool to to be treated like that, and it is flattering to be flown around the country and stuff like that. 
Um, in terms of would I do it again, that's something I'll think about seven months from now. You know, I'm focused right now on, on winning a Grey Cup, and that's the only thing on my mind. You know, I'm obviously super happy to be back here and to be a part of this team. Um, it's a special organization here. It's a special group. And, you know, you look around the room as an offensive unit. Uh, we, we know we have the ability to do something special if we put in the right work. And so, you know, I'm definitely happy to be here, and that's really all I'm thinking about. Last season, you punished people with that waggle. Do you feel like, as a guy from the Canadian game going back down to the States, that works against you? Do they have a, a negative perception of, oh, well, it was the wag When we watch them on film, it was the waggle 85, 90% of the time. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that goes into their evaluation or not. You know, what I would tell people, or I'm sure what my agent told a lot of people, is there was multiple times where I, I scored touchdowns from playing on the ball. So, you know, I, I, I have no problem doing that, too. Um, it's honestly probably easier because you don't have to worry about your timing and stuff like that. I went back and watched a lot of tape this offseason, and, like, there was games where I was like, Matt, my waggle was on point. There was other times where I was like, my waggle looks horrible, and, you know, I'm late here and there. And so um, I don't know if they, they read too much into that because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, post-snap it is football. I'm sure maybe some people say that. Um, but, you know, the, the guys down there who, who are familiar with the CFL, and there are guys who have kind of crossed over here and there, that they know. Uh, Kenny Lawler, Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, uh, Rashid Bailey, Drew Walatarski, Carlton Agadosi, and I feel like it's the best receiving core in the CFL. What do you feel like? Agree, disagree? Where do you feel like this receiving core would be at? You know, I think we're confident in ourselves as a group. You know, I think as a football player, you always got to bet on yourself and your guys around you, you know? And I think we look around the room, and like I said, you know, there's the potential to be really, really special. Um, but you can't fall into that trap of being complacent and just being like, hey, look at all the names we got in here. You know, we got we to gotta be putting in the work. And so, you know, that's, that's what we're doing right now, showing up every day, trying to push each other to get better. Yeah. You mentioned names. There's, there's history to it, right? Lawler's got history. You were the leading receiver in the league. Bailey, career numbers last year. Dembski, career numbers by far last year. Like, it really clicked last year really well. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's why we're – doing all this right now is to find how can we make it click at that level and you know how can we get everyone involved get everyone to be in position to uh, maximize their strengths pretty much you know and and how, how can we help this team win football games dalton shown fantastic rookie season what does he have in store for the follow-up efforts we'll of course find out as the season goes along the winnipeg gold eyes Host the Lake Country Dock Hounds tomorrow at Shaw Park in the home opener of their 30th anniversary campaign. The Fish off to a bit of a slow start. They're two and four after losing two of three at Gary and then two of three at Fargo Moorhead. Here to talk about everything they've got on tap this year, the general manager of the Gold Eyes, it's Andrew Collier. Uh, Andrew, first of all, you're happy that today wasn't your home opener with the weather we've had today, right? Yeah, hopefully we lucked out with the weather and got the cool day today and the uh, the better sunny, warmer weather for the home opener tomorrow night. So the, a week into the season, the team has a, has a losing record, but ultimately, uh, how have you seen the team perform so far through their first six games? You know what? It's been interesting. It's kind of been all over the map. I think we've seen some great performances from our starting pitchers we've seen some not as good starts uh some guys that we were a little unsure of of how they would do in some of their first professional outings at the plate and they've done well um gonzalez 
behind the plate as two home runs. So that's a that's a good sign. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to tough to say until you actually see them in person, which I haven't yet. I watch every game online, but haven't seen them in person. So tomorrow night should be should be interesting, and and these next nine games at home. And it looks like it's supposed to be sunny in the high teens tomorrow for first pitch. So that looks pretty much perfect, right? In May in Winnipeg, you never know what you're going to get, and that's when your season always starts. So you, you play a little bit on the road first, but it looks like it's going to luck out for you pretty good for the long weekend. Yeah, in May, I've learned over the years, anything with sunshine and above 10 degrees, I'm I'm okay with. We've had some really bad opening days like, last year when it was close to the freezing mark and 85 kilometer an hour winds it was the windiest home opener i've ever seen so tomorrow night is looking much better and so for anyone that comes out to tomorrow's game obviously they're going to see a a good baseball game but what else is in store uh there's fireworks after the game uh always a good show put on by archangel fireworks magnet schedules for everybody as they enter the the building and the usual lineups on the baseline so everybody can learn all the new players this year. There's a lot of t- turnover this year, so they'll get to learn the, the names and numbers of the new players and then uh, get her going with the, with the home opener at 635. How different was this year for you with Rick Forney not here anymore and Greg Taggart, a very experienced manager, uh, in now in charge? It was a huge change. Not only did... Uh, our manager and very good friend of mine for the last, well, he's still a good friend of mine, but been here since 1997 and worked with him while he was manager since, since 06. And also our, our radio announcer, Steve Schuster, they both departed for, for different reasons, Rick to get closer to, to home, to his family. And Steve kind of the same way, wanted to be closer to his family in New York. And he had a great opportunity with the Mets to, to, uh, pursue his career in baseball analytics. So it's been it's been very different. You get to use you get used to working with somebody like Rick, and you kind of know what they're thinking and what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do when they're signing players and and how they run games and, and batting practice and things like that. And then and then with Greg here, it's it's different. It's it's not a bad different. It's just different and you need to learn he needs to learn about me because it's a new general manager for him and I need to learn about him and it's uh it's just a a process that we'll go through kind of a, a new era in a way isn't it it really is yeah it was it was a new era when when Rick took over from Hal Hal was here for 10 years and then Rick for 17 and new era with Greg and Paul Edmonds was here for 19 years and then Steve for nine and, and now Doug Greenwald has taken over behind the mic. Tell uh, those who may not know much about him, his backstory, if you've got a little bite-sized version of, of where he's been. Uh, he did the Fresno Grizzlies, which were a AAA team of, of various major league teams over the years for the last 20 years. And his contract wasn't renewed um, going into this season. And that came about just at the same time as Steve was leaving. So it was really good timing for everybody. He he sent us an email once he found out Steve was le- leaving. He he knew Steve a little bit. I think the uh, radio announcer community is pretty small. I think they all 
know each other or know of each other. So when he heard that Steve was leaving, he reached out to Steve and Steve gave him my contact info and that's kind of how it, how it went. But yeah, he's tons of, of AAA experience, some major league experience calling the Giants major league games. So yeah, a wealth of experience behind the mic for sure. Now we had Reggie Abercrombie on the show after the team announced that he would get his jersey retired in the summer in August and he's getting a bobblehead as well. What did he mean to this city and this franchise for his time here? He's just such a unique individual. I, I could talk for an hour about him, but I'll give you the, the Coles Notes version. He he came to us after playing in the major leagues, so he had that pedigree. Incredible player, incredible leader, played a great center field, um, hit, hit in key situations, and always seemed to come up with that key hit with guys in running, guys in scoring position. Um, and then in the community, he would do baseball camps. He would do speaking appearances. Anything I ever asked him to do, he he would do. He meant so much to this organization over the years, on the field, off the field. Uh, it was just great to have him here, and I can't think of anybody more deserving than, than number 11, Reggie, um, getting his number retired on, appropriately, August 11th. I asked him, what's the first place you're going to stop at after the airport? It slash, what's the place he misses eating at most? Do you know what the answer was? <laughs> I don't I don't want to guess. What did he say? The Wendy's at Polo Park. Actually, I did hear that. Sorry. You're, yes, I do remember him saying that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Is that a spot that you knew he liked so much? I know he likes fast food. Like he always made Rick stop the bus and and he would load up on McDonald's. For a guy that was in as good a shape as he was, he uh his his diet wasn't what you would expect from a top-tier athlete. He <laughs> he loved McDonald's, he loved Wendy's, Popeyes, KFC. He uh yeah. It, it was interesting for a guy that played for as long as he did and at a high level for as long as he did. So, I think some of the high-level high athletes, NHL, MLB, may look at his, his diet and shake their heads. Well, if only we all had that kind of metabolism, right? Exactly, yeah. So for you, Andrew, what does tomorrow look like? What does take us through your whole day and, and what it looks like? Is it no different than any other game day during the summer? Opening day always brings its challenges. It's funny i was saying this to somebody the other day you can you can be sitting in the ballpark in january and you've got all this time and no pressure and no stress and but when you get to a few days before opening day that's really when you can do things there's things in january you can't do that you can do in may so it seems like everything has happened this last week and everybody around here has been putting in 14 15 16 hour days just to get the ballpark ready uh, to make sure it's it's good for when fans enter the park. They don't want to hear excuses. This isn't working. That isn't working. They want to come in and, and enjoy the ball game, and, and they've come to expect a level of service from the Gold Eyes, and, and we do our best to deliver. And finally, anything special planned because this is the 30th anniversary season? We've got a number of things planned throughout the season. We've got a retro game on July 12th where we'll be wearing uniforms and jerseys and hats from what we were wearing in back in 94. 
uh, 30th anniversary lunch on the day that we're uh, retiring Reggie's number. Uh, that's August 11th at the Fairmont at noon. You can get tickets by calling our office. And a number of other things throughout the, the season. Best place for people to go is goldeyes.com. That has all the information about what's going on. Well, appreciate your time as always, Andrew. Thanks for this, and best of luck tomorrow. Have fun this season. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.